Welcome to Keeping Athena Company. <laughs> My name is Athena Convenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, because I've done loads of these now, and a mum, um, and being a mum is great, but the child doesn't speak. So for adult conversation, <laughs> she doesn't speak. Well, she speaks, but she goes... Well, she has, she's got a, a new annoying noise, which is... It's a real noise she does. It's really annoying. So to get away from that noise and to reclaim some sanity, I invite a friend around to keep my company. And today I'm joined by the levicious. Is that a word? I think no, it is a word. Levicious. It sounds like a word that should sounds describe kind of... you. It sounds saucy, doesn't it? Oh yeah. That that should be that would be my burlesque <laughs> name, levicious Athena. Okay. I, it's probably me. Maybe yeah. It would have to be like levicious locks or something. Or right. Like yeah. I don't know. Like, I just, I'm going to find out what Levicious means and it will be something awful. Okay, it, just sounds, it sounds saucy. Um, Carmen Ali! Woo. There's no one to applaud apart from my child. So it, it's, we're back to extreme podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we're back to extreme podcasting. The child's on my lap because no one's around to look after the child. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? yeah? Tell me about your week. So. I've started doing burlesque again. Okay, so let's go back again. So it means you did it for a while. Yeah, so I did burlesque from 2008, 2011. Actually, let's take it back to basics. <laughs> What's burlesque? So burlesque is an art form. Um, it comes from a word which means to parody. To parody? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, so is I that think a French it's word? an Italian word. Oh, Italian. Actually. I think okay. people think that it's French, but it's... I'm probably not the best person to do the history of it, but it's, it's quite an old art film and it right. started with kind of little parody plays and that sort of thing but then sometimes the women would lose their clothes and then <laughs> that was sexy and then it kind of developed into more of a showgirl thing could you imagine the first time but, someone just thought i'm taking all my clothes off yeah, yeah. i mean I, I wasn't around in the 1800s so i don't know exactly what happened but um and i should probably read more about it but it's got lots of different roots yeah and essentially that's what it means but a lot of people think that burlesque just means striptease yeah but striptease is just one part of burlesque and one of the tools that you can use during burlesque but it's not the it's not the only one okay well i've learned something already when we're going for like a minute um so you used to do it so you started burlesque in, in the past yeah and, and how then did you start? i just went to a class once and then there was an opportunity to perform at a show okay this was like years ago this was like 2007 or 2008 so i did it for a few years i did a few shows and stuff but then i started doing stand-up right and then the stand-up kind of just took over okay and i gave up the burlesque and i think it was kind of because i didn't really know what I wanted to say with the burlesque at that point and what right. was really... I know what you mean because what I understand of burlesque performers is that they have personas and personalities. Mm. I only know the really famous ones and I can't even... I've forgotten her name. Who's the... Josephine Baker, for oh, example, was yeah. like the famous so, Parisian sort of black burlesque yes. dancer. And there's a performer right now called Demi Noir who does a homage to Josephine Baker and she oh, does wow. okay. a dance with her outfit and like... Um, the yellow outfit and the bananas and all that kind of stuff. It's really good. So, because I'm so ignorant, um, I've been introduced to burlesque like at several points in my life and I went to a burlesque night with a friend years ago and I didn't know who Josephine Baker was. And someone came out and it may be the same person even though this was a few years ago. Yeah, no, I think she's been doing the act for a while. Oh, okay, yeah. And she came out with this like banana dress yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, <laughs> this is really like offensive because I didn't understand history. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought I would wear, like, yeah. imagine seeing a black person just with a banana outfit on. You'd be like, is this a joke? Uh, and it was only then it, it was explained to me and I was really embarrassed. Yeah, yeah so, so recently, what, so what uh, made you go back to it? Um, so I started working for a less company, um, just doing some PA stuff and some stage management stuff yeah. and then I decided that I wanted to start performing again as well. Brilliant. So what's your burlesque name? My burlesque name is April Fiasco. April Fiasco. Is there a story behind yes, that name? Yes, because I was born in April. My life is a fucking fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's talk a bit more, more about burlesque and then we'll talk about the fiasco that's your life. <laughs> the chaos that, that's your life. You don't, you don't look very chaotic right now. You look very well put together. I've, in fact, I look chaotic. It's all, it's all a facade. <laughs> I'm the chaotic one. I'm in my mum's kitchen with a child that won't stand still. Just sit still in my house. She she doesn't understand that we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Babies are like, what's I know. this podcast thing that everyone's so into? <laughs> so April Fiasco. Yeah. And what's April Fiasco's personality? She's quite like fun and all about hedonism. Oh, is it? Okay. Quite, yeah. Anything um, different to you? <laughs> and your burlesque persona is kind of more like a more enhanced version of yourself oh, right, so you okay. kind of just like take the bits from yourself that you want to accentuate yeah like personality wise and body wise and all that kind of stuff so my burlesque act is i come on stage and i notice that there's a cake on stage and i'm like oh i'm really tempted by the cake but then i'm like no no i shouldn't eat the cake it's bad <laughs> which is kind of like a comment on like how as women where sometimes you want to go on a diet and like lose weight and you feel guilty about eating food that's supposed to be bad for you right all exactly. that kind of stuff but also it's just cake is great you know yeah <laughs> so i'm like tempted by this cake and then i'm punishing the cake for tempting me i love the concept <laughs> you're punishing the cake yeah. how do you punish the cake with my riding crop of, well, of course to give it a good spanking yeah spank so you cake. basically so april fiasco comes out is tempted by this cake yeah spank, this is like adam and eve but we told in burlesque isn't yeah, it this yeah, is what we should have done to the snake that. yeah you should have just whipped that snake and stayed naked in the garden yeah. so, okay you're spanking a cake spank the cake and yeah. then how big so this cake um, it's like a, you know, like a birthday cake kind right. of size. Like, okay. Yeah, like a it's cake. Not, what kind of cake is it? Is it particular? Because if it was a cheesecake, man, I would, um, if you spank that, that would turn me on because I like cheesecake. Oh. I like the idea of punishing oh, cheesecake. Okay, well, when you come and watch me, yeah. I'll be sure to get a cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> but usually I get a cake that has quite a bit of icing on the top so yeah. that um, when I eventually give in and eat the cake, it's like, got lots of icing and then Lots I of cream, it's messy. Yeah. You're making a real mess. And okay. then, um, so then me and the cake fall in love. We of have course. a love story together. Yeah. Um, we go stargazing together. We have a little date. Um, and then the cake is like whispering something to me. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe the cake wants me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I take off my skirt and then I sit on the cake and then I basically fuck the cake. <laughs> I'm dying. To- so there's, there's lots to get into here. First of all, you're having sex with the cake. Okay. Yeah. So you're burning calories with the cake as opposed to taking the calories on that's true that's it a, all equals out yeah <laughs> the, i like that because it's almost a twist people are thinking oh she's gonna eat it and it's like no she's yeah. putting it in her vagina that's yeah. that's that's a twist <laughs> well there's a there's a whole kind of like kind of side section of the internet where people are into cake sitting and all that kind of there's stuff a, there's so everything like, there's pe- it's, yeah it's like a full-on fetish yeah and it's, like it's really fun and 
like people watch it and they're like oh that's really sexy like that's really hard that you're like jumping up and down this cake I'm like basically twerking on the cake it's like (laughs) yeah but also I love I love metaphorically what it says about all the things like you mentioned yeah it's got the the pressure under to feel guilty about eating and like sexual it's like a metaphor for sexual desire yeah you know like we're supposed to feel guilty for being sexual people and then it's like no we're not going to feel guilty in fact we're going to just Ride the cake. Fuck the cake. That's yeah. it. You should do a show called Ride the Cake. Ride the cake. Yeah, and you should leave little cupcakes and people on the audience's chairs. And, and then they will have to sit yeah, on the cake. Like I cake mean, that would be just so much mess to clean up. <laughs> In terms of burlesque artists working today, who do you really enjoy watching? I really like Lolo Brown. She's okay. really good. So she does a lot of kind of subversive type stuff. So... Um, she does this act about Nigella Lawson and she has food involved as <laughs> well. Nigella, it's really Does she ride Nigella really Lawson riding the cake? Um, <laughs> she does like voiceovers, kind of like drag-lesque as okay. well. It's kind of, that's really good. Is there, is there male drag? Um, male So there is boylesque, yeah. yeah, boy, yeah. So it's called boylesque? Yeah, okay. yeah. There's, there are boylesque performers, but there's not as many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, change of subject. Nigella Lawson, my problem with her has always been she's a middle-class person and she makes the most unhealthy food <laughs> it's so vile the food she makes she won she made one dessert and i swear to god it was she got a liquidizer out and she's put in like four snickers bars and four mars bars and uh, liquidized... ruby, ruby corkscrew as well sorry oh that's she, it she, could she doesn't act with a, a snickers yeah she she kind of comes up and she's medusa and she's really ha- oh, she? angry okay. and then because yeah. she hasn't had a snickers because <laughs> i think it's a reference to an advert yeah, as well yeah. there's something like that and then um she like eats the Snickers and then Edith Piaf non-genre regret me <laughs> end plays and it's like it's fucking amazing I'm just I think I just have a theme with all the acts that I like it's all food it's all food <laughs> no it's great and what's really interesting is I genuinely I've only really seen burlesque maybe three or four times in my whole life and I know a couple of performers but what I'm th- getting from this is that it's quite relatable yeah like, I'd yeah. watch it and be like god I understand yeah I want to I want to like a cake or a donut I'm a donut I don't donuts for my thing <laughs> What was I guess what was I saying? Yeah, Nigella Lawson, so the Snickers Mars bar thing, whatever it was she made, if a working pl- class person from a council yeah, state had done made that, that they'd be in the Daily Mail. Uh, the Mitza, which I think is world famous now, do you know what a Mitza is? Just a pizza made from meat? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen, I'd never, I saw, I'd never seen anything like it. It's basically you get mints and instead of using dough, you use mints as the pizza base. Honestly, that doesn't sound like great. And then, and then when her, when her, when she went on trial a few years ago and her housemaid or whatever she was, her nanny said, Nigella's on coke. It's like, quite clearly, like, <laughs> this is a person quite clearly coming down off something. You don't need to go in court to tell me that. I find it, I think, I find it quite extraordinary, the hypocrisy that surrounds kind of health and diet. You know, middle class people are allowed to have a glass yeah. of wine a day. You know, but God forbid we have a a, a can of case either yeah. for breakfast. But it's like also like people are like, oh, you shouldn't give money to homeless people because they're just gonna spend it on alcohol. And it's like, what? They're homeless. I'm isn't sure it? someone has a joke that's like, what are we gonna spend it on? Aren't we gonna spend it on the same thing? Yeah. Oh, they're totally true. Like, yeah. And also, if you're homeless and you spend my two pounds on like. Tenants, I um, don't blame Fair you. Fair enough. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna spend it on quinoa? <laughs> like, no, don't don't eat quinoa at your bus stop where you're sleeping. Have a lager. Did you see on um? Oh, well, it's on the metro or something. And there was this woman, and she was like drinking out of a champagne glass on the tube or something like that. She was like. Oh, I think having so. Having a cocktail yeah. or something and everyone took a photo of her. Was like, oh, that's amazing. But then when Diane Abbott said that she drank an M&S 
drink on the tube. It was like, uh, or the press it was, was yeah, like for, people were like yeah. outraged. I have a theory. The press know they're doing it. The minute somebody saw that picture of that woman drinking out of a champagne glass, yeah. they were like. We want to start a Twitter storm, and we know this happened with Diana. But yeah. and to be fair, people were quite support. Like the press yeah, was slagging yeah. her off, yeah. but the people, people were, were, supportive were supportive of her. But they knew, okay, let's do this. It's 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 hypocritical. Mm. It'll make people angry, and because we now have a place to vent our anger, that place gives these papers um, coverage. So I said this last week. I want to be less outraged, but it's so hard to let things slide. Yeah, I kind of don't really tweet about stuff like that anymore. I just like I don't know, kind of just don't go down that. You're that right. Whole, it's, like, you, it's better for your mental health. I had this thing with someone recently. So one of my friend's husbands, he was basically trying to say that that there's no systemic sexism or racism. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I can't even, what? Like, how, how, do, you how start? do you even think, where do you start? Yeah. That's it. Right, yeah. So the way I describe it is, you know, like affirmative action, people are like, oh, that's really unfair. People shouldn't have an advantage when it comes to jobs, opportunities. Affirmative yeah. action has been practised for like centuries it's just benefited white guys and to be specific kind of cisgendered straight white guys yeah and so, rich as well yeah so yeah. only now you're not benefiting from it you can see it and you can say it's unfair well was it unfair 50 years ago when it benefited your dad or was it unfair 100 years ago when it benefited your dad's dad or whatever and of course um they'll say well that's that's not privilege you know boris johnson is the epitome oh totally of white yeah. fucking privilege <laughs> the man has failed at everything he's ever done he's failed he failed Basically, as London mayor, he didn't really do anything other than spend money badly. There you go. And the things that he comes out with as well, like... I was straight up racist. Yeah, so totally he's, racist. He's on record as saying racist things. Yeah. There's nothing... People these, get sacked from their TV jobs for saying less than what he said. I've, like, I've, got, I've been done for gross... Actually, when I, I got done for gross conduct, I did a lot worse than... <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot more and a lot worse than gross. Oh, my gosh. I used to have a bit in my act about it. I kind of said a lot... What I will say is that first of all, I kept my job, so it was. <laughs> after, I had to go on like a proper like trial, oh a tribunal, God. everything. But yeah, it was pretty bad. But I had to, there was there were consequences to my actions. Whereas Boris Johnson just no gets a slap, a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And the re- the reason being that I theorise is that ultimately we're a country which is still ninety one percent white, and that he gets away with it because he's probably saying things that the government think, oh, people agree with us. Yeah. And I don't know. I hope people don't agree with it. Like on mass but then you look at the election results and you know labor couldn't beat the conservative yeah. government last time and trump got voted in you know popular vote or not he still got 63 million votes I, I keep banging that drum one in four americans saw the same trump we saw and they were like oh he'll do it's like wow and it wasn't just it, like white people who voted for him either yeah assimilation and indoctrination is real okay so just because you're not white doesn't mean you don't support or enable white supremacy. Yeah, or socialised into it. Look, at a really good example is Sajid Javid, who I actually kind of feel sorry for. Yeah, Doesn't yeah. get invited That's... to Trump's dinner, right? No one can explain why. I can. Yeah. Because he's not white. Yeah. Okay, because he has Muslim um, heritage, he's Pakistani, and he doesn't get invited, okay? Because he looks a bit like Sadiq Khan, according to Trump. And Trump probably can't tell the difference. Yeah, right? <laughs> probably, Sadiq Khan, what's in your cabinet? Like, yeah, yeah, no idea. No, but this is totally true. But when when Trump does his set, slags off his four the four women in America, he famously did it about a week and a half ago. Sarge's suddenly got his mouth and he's got something to say, but he can't defend himself, right? So he's enabling white supremacy to exclude him from spaces. Oh, he's seen Theresa May's criticise Trump. The mistress has criticised Trump. So now I can do it. Yeah. 
So he's if we can't rely on people like him to say the truth, then who can we like rely on? Yeah, but it ha- it happens a lot with um, feminism as well. I think sometimes women are the most are the best at throwing other women under the bus. Oh yeah, yeah. I say this a lot. Like so, feminism when it's not intersectional, it's white feminism. It just plays into the existing like structures of society. So if you say like the top of kind of modern Western society is controlled by kind of white guys. Beneath that, and not far beneath that, white women. That's it. So if you're if you're practicing the feminism of people who live right at the top, then it's probably going to be a very exclu- exclusive feminism that doesn't benefit everyone. So you don't use Twitter. How do you get? No, I do. I mean, I tweet. I just okay. use it for fun rather than arguments. Oh, okay, that sounds. <laughs> and good. like even Facebook, I I barely post on Facebook. I yeah, I yeah I just self promote on Facebook. Yeah, now. I. I use social media for promotion or a fun thing or to ask for movie recommendations, yeah. but not to have arguments about anything to do with politics, feminism, that anything really like right. that. Especially because of all the arguments you've had on Twitter, nothing has changed ever. Yeah. In actual fact, we've never had more democracy in terms of the way we can express ourselves and speak freely, but I don't think we've ever been more kind of populist and right wing. So if something's going wrong. I, I never see someone go, oh, actually, that's a really good point. I'm going to go and rethink my views. Do you, do you know what they do? Once you, once, you, once you have an argument with someone and you give them a good point. They block really you. Good, yeah, they yeah. block you. <laughs> they go, that was a really good point. Fuck this. <laughs> and, then they, and they go away. Well, this is funny because I've changed my mind because of things that people have sent me on social media. I talk a lot about how cooking from scratch and is something that people who aren't white have kind of done for years. For years. <laughs> and cooking on a budget is something we've done for years. And it was never because there's a budget, it's just the food we eat is cheap. Lentils are cheap, rice is cheap. And I've always thought that, you know, if you are in a situation where you don't have a lot of money, maybe using food banks, if you did that more, if you could find, if you're able to and you found the time, that's a way out of, of poverty. And it's not even, and it's not in that way. You get these food bloggers who are like, you can make di- make dinner out of half a slice of bread and a teaspoon of sugar. It's like, this is good food. Yeah, but- some of those ones where they're like, I ate on a pound a day for a week or something. And I look at the recipes and I'm like, no, no that, look, that's really bad. Yeah. yeah, if you just got some rice and something, like it would actually be way better. Get, get an onion and tomato and you can make a stew, you know, and they're eating like cardboard. Um, but I got, I, you know, I had my mind opened about, you know, food culture and I've inherited that culture yeah you know so it's really easy for me to cook literally chopping board a knife any old saucepan and you know any uh, energy source I've cooked. but I've inherited yeah that. not everyone has exactly yeah. so it isn't even a question of do you have the facilities it's a question of you know if you've been brought up on a certain diet you know, and I've realised cooking is a skill because I've seen people who can't cook. Yeah, me and too. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it's really terrifying for them. And it's, it's almost like learning a language. So like, I've got schools on that, actually. Yeah, no, that's that fair. I think sometimes you forget that some of your, you know, yeah, your culture, the way you've been brought up or the things that you know how to do... Yeah, no, I think some, it's easy to forget that not everyone's had the same upbringing or the same background or the same skills. Or like, like a lot of people went to uni and just didn't know how to cook yeah, anything. And I, I was like, what? How did you not? That's how I first learned. Like, you can't cook rice. Um, we're both mixed. Yeah. So we'll talk about where you come from. Oh, so my mum's from Trinidad. She, as far as I know, her grandparents were from different parts of Asia. So they mm. went to the Caribbean like a long time ago. And then uh, my dad was like white English. And they met here? Yeah. So my mum is Indian Caribbean yeah. from Guyana. So that's what we have in common. That's why you're enjoying your plantain. Yes. <laughs> and they met in they met in London. Do you have brothers and sisters? No. 
I was not planned, so... Well, you're not. Well, I can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate to your parents. Well, that's the thing I've got a problem with your parents. What's it like? What's it like being an only child? And I ask this because I always say mine might be the first and last. So I just grew up with my mum. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted, when I was a kid, I wanted a brother or sister because I could see other people with brothers and, brothers and sisters. And I was like, Mum, why couldn't you have another baby? And she was like, well... <laughs> Me? Need a little something. something else. Yeah. Um... So I don't, and I don't know any different, Yeah. but like, because it was just me and her, it was quite intense. Yeah. And like, I think there was a lot of pressure on me from her. So it would have been nice to have like a sibling to take the pressure off a bit. Well, I don't know. Cause I've got two siblings. Is there more pressure on me? I, I'm the one that always has to do stuff. If something's broken, I've got to fix it. So it's really, it really depends on the, on the dynamic. Um, but yeah, basically if the boiler breaks, I get called. I'm not a plumber. I don't know what to do. You know, if the, if the, You're if the, just the, the most, I don't know, Probably handy. the most reliable. It's probably the most reliable person. So let's talk about Trinidad. Have you ever been? Yeah, yeah. So my cousin got married on the beach in Tobago. So I went to Trinidad and Tobago. When did you go? 2010. Oh, wow. Talk about Trinidad. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was amazing. Was it your and, first time? Yeah, and the food was amazing. Oh, <laughs> this is, this is so the thing. Good. You, we are misled in this country about Caribbean food, okay? Because it's mostly Jamaican food that people yeah. eat. Yeah. The food in Trinidad. Um, It was amazing. We went for sushi as well. And the sushi in Trinidad is the best sushi I've ever had yeah. in my life. I'm not surprised. And you wouldn't, fish, but, yeah, fish. Yeah. but you wouldn't, think oh my god i'll go to the caribbean and have sushi yeah but um so food culture is a massive thing so yeah. guyana and trinidad are really similar countries i would say like Tr- trinidad's obviously bigger and it's just a little bit more like advanced <laughs> it's very um, industrial there's quite a lot of yeah like technical stuff yeah like guyana is most of the population left guyana it's only got maybe don't quote me on this it's only got like half a million people but there's like five million Guyanese outside of Guyana. But the food culture is similar to Trinidad because it has a similar Indian population. So like half of Trinidad is Indian. Yeah, yeah. More than half, I would say 60% of Guyana is Indian. And that's the like, not authentic, but it's, it shows you that kind of that Caribbean cuisine that has merged all of the cultures together. Because yeah. no one who lives in the Caribbean is indigenous. It's all African, Chinese, yeah, Indian. Yeah. And the kind of native Caribbeans, sadly, have a very small impact on the islands because obviously they were... I'm trying to find another word that isn't exterminated. But that's kind of what they did. But the food, oh my gosh. The curries are better than Jamaican curries. I need to learn my history. So what happened to in- indigenous people in the they Caribbean? Were, well, a lot of them died from disease that oh. the Europeans brought over. Um, a lot were killed. Um, and a lot were moved. So in Guyana, they live in the very rural areas and they live like a really agrarian lifestyle, kind of closer to the rainforest and live off the land, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly died. Like oh. Columbus and his mates just were like, oh, yeah. this Do is our know, land now. I was reading about him recently because at yeah. school you never got taught any of these nope. things. And like apparently, yeah, like his armies used to like rape people and kill them and like, and he's like hailed as this like great explorer oh, guy. No, and I'm a- just like, what the f- Fuck. He's, a, oh. he's a mass murderer, um, as a lot of uh, early European explorers uh, were. It and me so mad. It, it does, and it, it, it's, it's tragic, and it's persistent. Imagine the racism someone practised in, in the 17th century is the same racism you'll see today. Isn't that crazy? 
So it's really prevalent. Why are we talking about this? Food. I don't, I food. don't know. It <laughs> always seems to come back I know, to like, really supremacy. You know so okay. much about it. I don't know half and as much as you do. The funny thing is, is um, my memory's terrible. So what will happen is I'll just, I'll think about this stuff and then I'll read a book and I'll remember it all again then I'll forget it all. Yeah, it was like the yeah. Columbus thing. I just forgot that he went to the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, he went to the Caribbean. And, um, anyway, let's get back to food. So I feel really passionate about food because having not really been brought up with my dad that much um, and my mum like she's into Guyana she's not that into it she came here for a reason um, <laughs> well yeah I get so my mum came over when she was 17 so yeah. she Same can cook a mom, bit yeah. of like Caribbean stuff but not as much as some of my family oh right, yeah so, so with my mum that's probably the one thing she did she took with her so you know the culture the music you know the religion the accent she kind of lost all that but my connection to Guyana and Ghana, where that's from, is through food. That's really important to me. One thing that people don't understand who have Caribbean food in this country is that, like, like I said, Trinidadian food and Guyanese food is the best. And it's almost like a, Indians are going to help, help hate me. I think it's a better version of Indian oh, food. Oh, yeah, I do prefer like Trinidadian curry to Indian curry. Yes, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I, rotis, Caribbean rotis are yeah. better than straight up Indian ones. Yeah. It's just how it better is. Better than non bread. Yeah. And any, any Indians out there to hear me, fight me. Fight me for all like. So we have. Do you have a Polari? Um, I don't know. What is it? It's and like, then I'll So it's very similar to Bargies. Um, but it's it's Polari it's almost it's like a savoury fritters made out of chickpea flour no so, but that right. sounds amazing you would have had Polari at some point in your life or your mum will know it for sure Alaska so, Polaris are an example of how things are done better in like the Caribbean <laughs> Indian way because like bhajis are like kind of rubbery and dry oh I don't I don't eat Bajis yeah, at all. they've got like big bits of onion. Yeah, I don't like big bits of onion in things. Like, <laughs> I wish I'd made Kalari for you today. I do you know what? I think you might have made it once when I was here for your baby shower. Possibly, yeah. So I might have actually eaten it. You had a lot of things, and I, food, I yeah. ate a lot of it because it was fucking amazing. <laughs> we ran out of food. It was really. I was that like, was oh, me. Shit. That was my fault. <laughs> So, can we talk about, can we talk about love life? Yeah. Can we? Yeah. Okay. So you have a part of boyfriend. Yeah. We went to a flying trapeze um, (gasps) class the other week, like a couple of months ago. Yeah, that was really fun. Why did you choose flying trapeze? Um, Because I've done it before a long time ago and I loved it. And I thought he would think it was fun. Yeah. So that sounds like a great thing to do. Yeah, Yeah. he was a bit... um, He's a bit more scared of heights than I am, but he actually really got into it in the end. When I think about you and trapezes, I just think about some setup you've got in your bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) You're really sex positive. Yeah, but weirdly, I actually don't think I'm that into sex, which is probably like a shock to to most people. It's a shock to me, just to bring everyone up to speed. If they don't know already, you... I don't know if you still do it. Oh, I have a sex blog, but I haven't written on it recently. So... Um, your sex blog makes me feel incredibly inexperienced and I always thought <laughs> like yeah I've, you know I've, I've lived oh no I haven't lived <laughs> I think like I've just started realised recently like kind of again that I'm more into kink than sex like okay okay just... what's the difference between kink and sex so sex as in like people just getting naked with their genitals and doing all that stuff yeah it's kind of like not really bothered like it's so boring it's to so me they've been, we've been doing that for so it long just, yeah and and i think it's fine if that's what does it for you like i don't want to vanilla shame anyone <laughs> is <laughs> but that like, is vanilla shaming well yeah because you call it vanilla sex so oh, like wow, okay <laughs> and, but you would say king shame if you were shaming someone for their kink so okay. yeah i don't want to 
I don't think that's not valid. I think if that's what you like, that's awesome. And yeah. you should totally do that. I just don't think that it actually turns me on. Yeah, that's fair enough. So what's, what is a kink? Can you define it? Oh, fuck. Define, uh, <laughs> define it to me. Do I? Because I, I might have a kink, but I won't know because I know what a kink is. It's, I guess it's like a thing that's not stereotypically sexual yeah. that turns you on. Okay. So it could be like an object. I think kink and fetish are kind of interchangeable, but they mean slightly different things. So yeah. if people want to Google this later. But like a kink might be like you had a kink for spanking or for stockings right. or for like having sex outside or like... Yeah, Does that make sense? I understand. It's so like so, something so, it's that's like, a bit it's more... A bit like if sex is like... Um, if sex is, is like like said vanilla, like just two naked people having sex. Yeah. Kink is like apparatus. Yeah, yeah. So kink is like, like the strawberry sauce on top. Right, right. yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't what, know. what kind of sauce do you want? Okay, so for example, cake. Yeah, so, so like might... splushing is a kink. Yeah. What's that called? Splushing. Splushing. What's yeah. splushing? It's when you do stuff with like food or mess or like... So like eating food off of someone's body Or like covering each other in, in food. Like... I definitely see... I don't, because I'm not OCD, but I like, you know, I like things to be clean. Maybe so, it's not for you. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> if it was food, it would have to be stuff you could vacuum, like crisps. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that would be, be so funny. Crisps, Someone <laughs> needs to do like a parody, like a sketch of like two people who are going to try splashing. And then okay, you're what? like, I've got some crisps. I've got some rice cakes. Yeah, I've, got I've got some, some crackers. Yeah. Now pick up the smarties. And when they're finished, they just like get, get the dice out. And the other person's there with the cake and just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll put this away then. <laughs> that would be me. When you spend your life picking up after a baby, you don't want to do it in the bedroom. Fair enough. Like, although it looks like, it's funny, it looks like I've been sploshing in this house half the time. Yeah. And so let me, I want to talk more about this blog. Um, you talk, you used to talk about encounters you had with people. Did you tell them you were going to blog about them? Um, I think if it was like ones that I wasn't going to see again, yeah. I didn't tell them. And I d- try not to write like their like too many personal details like about them and stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did use one first name once because it hit, fitted with the thing. It was called Hit the Road Jack. <laughs> and then um, months later, he said that he was really annoyed that I'd used his name. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like I didn't really think because we're not on social media together, so no one would have been able to like find out who you were. Um, and I don't even know your last name. And it was kind of like funny for the for the name of the piece. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of taught me that I need to be a bit more considerate sometimes with other people's privacy. Um, so yeah, now I try and be a bit more considerate and I try and ask people if they want to be written about. Um, but I do have a disclaimer now on my blog that says if there's something that's written about you and you want to talk about it or you want me to change it, um, yeah. send me an email. Um, yeah, so apart from that, I've not had anyone say that they weren't okay with it okay, that's good i like i like um how honest you are about like what's happening like and what's happening and why and why it's happening i think it's quite good because people some people be like oh i am into sitting on cakes but they think it's weird so they don't talk yeah. about it or express themselves freely um and then you come along and it's on your blog <laughs> what what's... yeah i've had a lot of people message me and be like it's really nice to read something so open um yeah that's good have you ever thought about like I don't know. I think it would make a really good book. Like a Bridget Yeah, Jones. I've started writing a book. Really? Yeah. No, I'm really pleased. Do you want to talk about it? I mean, I've started doing quite a lot of things that have, have not, I've not been working on. So but the best <laughs> thing to do is talk about it because that way you're more, you're more inclined to kind of 
take it forward because you said it now. Yeah, so I want to... I would probably have some of the stories from the blog and then some other exclusive stories that have not been on the blog. Right, so it's kind Um, of autobiographical. Yeah, it would be autobiographical, yeah. So it's obviously not a kid's book, which everyone seems to be doing now. No. It's for adults and it's just about... 18 plus. Carmen's life in sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I use sex as a... As a loose umbrella term. Yeah. Because... Because it's key. As I've just said that, I don't really actually like sex that much. Which is really good. No, it's really... I think a lot of people... (laughs) A lot of people don't like sex, okay? And what they do is they force themselves... Yeah, I just thought that... that, Like, because everyone else liked it, that I must like it. Yeah. Um, And I like... That's not to say I don't ever enjoy, like, some bits that are stereotypically normal sex or whatever yeah but it just doesn't turn me on as much and like yeah does that make sense no it makes total sense and i feel like i was fucking all these people because maybe i was looking for you're, yeah something you're like oh I, there's something wrong with me so yeah maybe I just, if, I, if i when i find the right person i'm gonna like all this sex that i keep seeing on the telly and in adverts that everyone tells me is really good and then you realize oh actually it's just something it's it's I almost think... like a made not a lie but it's almost like sex is more niche than we realize yeah, I I always think that like the promise of sex is way more exciting than actual sex. Like like kissing and flirting and all that kind of stuff. I agree with that. It's like so much hotter. There's nothing. I agree with that. And <laughs> there's nothing. What tends to happen more often than not is bad sex. Yeah. There's more bad sex oh, out yeah, there than good totally. sex. Absolutely. Some men are really bad at sex. Oh yeah. Especially, and I've, there's a direct <laughs> correlation between the amount a man works out and how bad he is at sex. Oh, let me prove this to you with a statement. 50 Cent is bad in bed. Clearly. You only have to look at him in a music video. Yeah. He can't dance. He can't move. He's as stiff as a board. He looks like a fencing panel. He... <laughs> doesn't he? He's like a fan of it. You, we look at that guy you think, okay, okay face. You worked on your body. Um, you are clean, but you're bad in bed. Yeah. I wouldn't go have sex with that man. I think it's because they spend so much time working on that that yeah. maybe they haven't worked on their sexual technique technically I'm, yeah. I'm in an open relationship so. oh, you? <laughs> you do a bit of research for me so just if you're a musty guy you want to prove me wrong hit Carmen up to an open relationship just let me know oh, no, I'm not I, I don't know it's weird because I'm not really I, I don't really want to have sex with anyone else oh, and because nice. I only because now I've realised I don't really like sex so now I only have sex for like intimacy yeah and like for him and because I get some kink with it do you know what I mean like it's not like Sorry, Sounds just like point with your experiment. I know. But like, well, I'll find someone else. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's. Does that make sense? It, may, it sounds. I like, like having the option if I ever wanted to. Yeah. But actually, it's like it's a cat not... wanting to walk out of an open door. The option's there. Yeah. They're just gonna stare out the door. That's yeah, what they exactly. like doing. Like Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> like having the option of leaving, but, but we're just gonna never gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really happy for you. Sounds like you're in a nice relationship um, and you've got a big smile on your face, which is good. Thanks. He's, he's coming back today. I haven't seen him for about four weeks. All right, then you're going to be, yeah, you're literally you're halfway out the door right now. You're off your um, I I'd love to meet him one day. He sounds yeah. fantastic. You, did you not meet him at the oh, show? Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got forgotten that she met my boyfriend. Baby brain. All right. I've got a baby brain. I'm going to find out a baby brain for the next 20 years.
You think, I, but I've got a really bad memory. It's um, everyone who's quite close to me I, knows my I memory. I think when you're terrible. performing as well, you meet loads of people and then you kind of forget who you've met. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that was like a month ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was, was it a month ago or a month before? It was two months ago. It was two months before because I didn't two do the one in months. June. So there you go, two whole months. I would like to watch you perform burlesque or maybe stand up. What's the best way to stay in touch? And- um, yeah, if you just go to my website, CarmenAli.com or on social media, on Twitter, I'm at CarmenAli. On Instagram, I'm at CarmenJeanAli and burlesque at April Fiasco. April Fiasco. But if you find one of those things, you can find the rest of my things because they're all kind of linked together. Sounds... On, t- on Twitter, I ha- couldn't have April Fiasco because somebody's already taken it and she's not a performer and she hasn't tweeted for about... 10 years or something right. and she lives in America so I had to have Miss April Fiasco which is so annoying okay that is annoying um, because what if you get married well I'm never getting married it? so when you say that you said your life sound, you said your life's a fiasco it sounds alright to me oh I came up with that name a long time ago oh okay so things are just but... as April things are going alright now <laughs> April things are cool April life is good yeah no, that's amazing oh thank you Thanks Carmen for having me on your podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Say bye. Oh, wow. that's how bye. I speak. <laughs> she was talking to the baby, not me. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, let me stop this. So that was Carmen Ali, who came to join me and keep my company. We properly chewed the fat there, didn't we? Got through the difference between kink and sex, the murdering impulses of Christopher Columbus in Sweet Love to Cakes and I even managed to slander muscly guys too. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, do like, subscribe, share, do whatever you do a podcast you like. Thanks again to Carmen Ali. You find her April Fiasco on Twitter, Instagram and all other social media type things and I'll see you next time. <laughs>